whoever is listening, guys, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann, and this is the Man with the Plan podcast. This is going to be an interesting week. We got two episodes. So this is episode 103, and episode 104 will drop on Friday afternoon or Saturday morning, depending on when we can get things filmed. It really it really just depends. I uh, have to like kind of check. Me and Fax are still kind of working on a, a timeline for when we're going to film. If it's earlier in the morning, I'll try to get edited before I leave for Wake Forest on Friday night or Saturday morning. That is also still being worked out. But yeah, I'm going to go. I'll be at the game. So if you want to follow my Twitter, um, it's at gray underscore man 21. I post live updates during the game. I'll be up in the press box and on the field. So that's something I'm very excited for and very much looking forward to. So today we're going to talk about three things. We're going to mainly stay in the AFC East bubble, and then we're going to go to the NFC West. Uh, we're going to recap the Miami Dolphins game. Two was crazy turnaround, and wh- how I potentially think there's a spark that's been lit with Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, we're going to talk about the 49ers. Their gamble has paid off with Jimmy Garoppolo, with Trey Lance going down for the year, and how Buffalo might be just a Super Bowl favorite squeeze in. And Tennessee may need to look for to, to Malik Willis very very soon so crazy nfl week two i know you guys are excited as much as i am this is actually our first podcast face to face me talking to you guys instead of me having a guest on in a while i think it's actually been since episode 100 which was crazy to think that was probably a month ago so a lot of things revolving around this show i'm going to always try to keep the post weekly that's the goal once a week nfl college football clemson football's three and oh we can talk about dj too if you guys want me to because i Love talking about Clemson. I will be doing cover two with Patrick tonight at the time of this recording. It's about one o'clock in the afternoon. Going to get this recording done, edit it tonight and get it out Wednesday morning. When you're listening to this podcast, hopefully on your way to class, on your way to work or whenever you listen, because it's up to you, man. But guys, thank you as always for tuning in. Let's get into Tua and that game. Holy cow. I don't think there's been a quarterback that has been as just hated on as Tua. And it's crazy because Tua never usually hate is associated with done like a crime, done something wrong, just a bad guy. Tua was a good dude. And so I, I remember back in 2020, 2019, when the Dolphins were tanking. Now it's not really a secret. They're they started off it's not a secret because there was actively there's documented evidence of them actually trying to tank. Uh, and Brian Flores famously was like nah i'm not doing that man i'm gonna do a football i gotta play these games out uh the tank for tua mantra kept flying around the league like just it was like an email everyone was getting it Uh, it was crazy i remember i heard it dolphins fans were saying tank for tua there was the tank for trevor stuff too but tua in Al 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 at alabama was a different quarterback he was accurate he was able to just lead his receivers and granted he had a plethora of options to work with so we all kind of thought okay really accurate quarterback he's pretty talented he's not the most flashy guy with he's not a Lamar Jackson type but hey he'll make it work it'll be okay gets to the Dolphins in 2020 and I remember this so vividly I made a podcast episode almost two years ago from December so this December 2022 two years ago I made an episode coming back from vacation going guys we need to give Tua a chance here and it was more like a message to Brian Flores even though like just like my mom and two other people were watching the show at the time. It was like, a, hey, let's give Tua a chance to kind of work this out because he's splitting reps with Fitzpatrick. They're pulling him late. He's not really getting a chance to develop. So I was like, well, once Tua gets his feet settled, so this is year three because last year was year two, I believe. Year two, or 
Yeah, because he was in 2020 drafts. So this is year three for Tua. And it's just never really felt like he's gotten a fair swing with the uh, the NFL. Because last year, there was a bunch of controversy. There was the whole Deshaun Watson rumors. There are all these different factors that have really put Tua his back against the wall before he even really deserved to have it there. So every single opportunity people get, it was the Tua slander. You On Instagram, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're talking about meme pages, talking about beat writers, columnists, uh, TV analysts, Tua was always the butt of the joke, the underthrows, all this stuff. And I, I, I was part of the two. I was a Tua hater. Um, and he always seemed to be my Patriots. So it was always something and I was like, man, how does he do it? But this offseason, they notably signed Tyreek. They traded for Tyreek Hill. They paid a profit for him. And Mike McDaniels, the new head coach, following the Brian Flores situation, Miami looked like they had a new direction and a guy that really believed in Tua for really what feels like the first time. He has a coach that was really handpicked him, saying, you're my guy. We're going to keep it that way. So case in point, with Tua, it's this is the season, everyone was saying. This is the season for you to really show what you got, for you to show your stuff, because it's now or never. It is now or never at this point, man. And when you have Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki, a plethora of running backs, you got to make it all work. And it felt like on Sunday, when it was 35-14, to 14, it felt like we were seeing the same old story being played out. Tua made some really... I don't want it was really erratic throws, uh, not the best decisions with the football. There was a decision that he made to just kind of chuck it up to Tyree Kill and it was picked off in double coverage. Uh, I don't think it was Kyle Hamilton, it was another safety, but you were thinking, okay, we know how this was going to play out. The Patriots in the Miami game, I didn't take too much stock into it, even though the Patriots struggled. The Miami Dolphins didn't move the ball down the field, minus 147 yard touchdown pass to Jalen Waddle. The movement wasn't too efficient, so I was thinking, okay. This is kind of the, the struggle fest in the hot and humid hell known as Miami. So you took it as, well, one team won and one team lost. New England's got things to work out, but so does Miami. So you go against a really talented team like Baltimore that went 8-3 before all the disastrous injuries. And your thought process is, well, it's 35-14. to 14. Baltimore's in control of this game. Let's chalk it up next week. They play Buffalo, who looks really, really good. And we're going to talk about them in a second. But then something changes. Mike McDaniel starts to simplify it. And I was listening to a podcast. So it was kind of making a joke about it. But in a way, it just seemed pretty simple. Too simple not to try out. It was basically the play Madden option where they just like, you know what? We have Jalen Waddle, We have Tyreek Hill, two of the fastest receivers in the NFL. Maybe period. Use them. So they were just send Tyreek Hill, send Jalen Waddle, send Tyreek Hill. Kept them going. And they allowed Tua, which ever he always displayed at Alabama, which was his deep ball accuracy. No matter what you want to say about his arm strength, his ball placement skills, especially on the deep ball, he's pretty good at it. You famously, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, those guys were always getting balls in the right spot from Tua. Tua always put in the right place. Accuracy, guys. I mean, we saw with Mac Jones, too, with deep ball accuracy in Alabama. There's a formula there that works with those guys, especially with that receiving core. So you give Tua these weapons, and you see it work out, and they have this crazy freaking comeback. I can't believe it. But I think it's not about the comeback. It's about what can come because of it. It's what Tua's career could become because of this comeback. And I just kind of repeated myself in an odd way. But that spark, because I feel like for the last two and a half years of his career, he's kind of been in this one spot. It's You look like a graph. And 
it's like a straight it's not really a straight line it's more like this and if on youtube you can see my hand movement but i'm just using like a horizontal it's not going up it's not going vertical it's just straight there's nothing you may see a slight dip or slight uh it's like curve but nothing too crazy this could be that crazy shift that sends his career up in this really great trajectory that i'm very excited about even though he's a division rival great guy great guy to root for um a guy that can overcome everything that's been thrown at him sean watson rumors slander all this stuff on the internet that i'm sure he probably doesn't pay attention to but it's great to see and that comeback could be that spark where he goes hey i can do this Four seven, I think it's 468 and six touchdowns to two interceptions. And those two interceptions need to be cleaned up. But six touchdowns, he, that doesn't happen very often. And usually that's not a fluke. And we have those Matt Flynn examples, Mitchell Trubisky examples. Maybe two was the next one. But I don't really think that's the case. I think this is, this is the turnaround for number one in Miami. Sometimes all you need is a spark. And Baltimore on Sunday against a really talented AFC team that I thought was going to win the division and probably still think so based on what I've seen with every other team in that division. I think this could be a real spark saying, Hey, if I can do this against the Ravens, yeah, I'll float home next week. I'm not going to pick them to win, but I think Tua has found that secret sauce. What makes it work? Very excited about it. So we'll see. We're going to check back in on him probably in a couple of weeks. If they end up getting destroyed in Buffalo or Buffalo ends up rolling them, which could very well happen. We'll have to revisit it. But right now I think this could be that spark. I'm going to leave you with that. So I'm going to take a short break, and then when I get back, I'm going to talk about the 49ers gamble paying off, and then we're going to talk about the Bills' destruction of Monday Night Football. Thank you, guys. Jimmy Garoppolo is now the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Their gamble has officially paid off. Trey Lance looked like the guy of the future, but now how certain really is that? So with Trey Lance, it's been a revolving door, kind of like Tua in a way where his career has always been for the last couple of years. And Trey Lance, this is his second year. Last year, he was a rookie. It felt like that last year, it was kind of like how they, it was like the Aaron Rodgers plan. We're going to sit you for a while. We're going to see how you develop. You're definitely a talent we need to st- stick around with and keep. But we want to just develop you for a year, maybe two, depending on how Jimmy Garoppolo does. They felt like he did enough to let Jimmy Garoppolo explore his options. And, and it ended up not coming uh, to fruition. He ended up coming back for a $10 million deal. And it seemed like he was just kind of sit around until a team wanted him back, wanted to trade for him, wanted to take his value into a new a new place, a new franchise. But Trey Lance, for one game, it was an ugly game in Chicago. You can take it for what it is in a monsoon. And he ends up breaking his ankle in a gruesome injury. I don't really recommend that you look it up. And I, I stupidly did it just because I was like, oh, I have to see this. And then I was like, ah, I don't want to see this. Trey Lance is out for the season. It is Jimmy Garoppolo's team. And man, I don't think he was happy, obviously, about the injury. But man, was he and Jimmy Garoppolo was in great spirits. And I think it's just been everything that he's had to go through with his career. All of last year, no matter what he did, he knew that Trey Lance was in the door waiting for him to waiting for Garoppolo to leave. So Jimmy, so Trey Lance could take over. Ooh, but you know how you have those moments where you're about to sneeze? And you don't sneeze. And I'm like, ah, I had that right before I recorded this. And now if you can see me on YouTube, I'm like, I'm like looking like I'm a crazy person. I'm blinking a lot. But yeah, the 49ers fans probably held their breath for a while. But what a great situation for San Francisco because they have a quarterback they can throw in who knows the system, knows the offense. Kyle Shanahan, I believe, is 31 and 14 with him as a starter. So there's an obvious positive rapport there. 
between the two. Garoppolo's been to a Super Bowl and NFC Championship last year. You could argue it dropped interception away from a two, another Super Bowl appearance. And who knows? They maybe could have won. That pass rush versus the Bengals could have been a really interesting matchup to examine. But yeah, the Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely not a bad app option to hover around. I don't think the 49ers plan for Trey Lance to have this kind of injury where they go, hey, if Trey Lance suddenly breaks his ankle, we got Jimmy Garoppolo waiting in the aisle, ready to go. He was the perfect understudy for the San Francisco 49ers team. And I think it's going to reward them handsomely. I think this is a division with Seattle struggling their depth. They're obviously in rebuilding mode. The Cardinals are a weird mess that I really didn't believe in in the start of the season. I certainly still don't believe in now. And the Rams are really odd because I thought they had it all figured out. I thought they just ran into a juggernaut in Buffalo. And then they take, looks like they take care of business against Atlanta. And then they fell apart. It was almost like watching the Falcons, but on the West Coast, it was crazy. And sorry for the shot, Falcons fans, but it happened. <laughs> it was crazy to see. So this is a 49ers team that their season, it's not like Cowboys, where when Dak Prescott went down, is down for six to eight weeks, and you bring in Cooper Rush, eventually Cooper Rush is going to get outmatched. He's going to find it. He's going to face an NFL team where it's just not going to, the pieces are not going to come together. For Jimmy Garoppolo, as a backup, his value is it almost skyrockets more than he was a starter. It is the perfect situation for San Francisco. I have so many prayers out of Trey Lance, though. It's a gruesome injury to go through, and his career looked like he was really getting ready to take off. He's got such talent, great arm talent. I don't know if he had put it all together just yet, and there was a lot of potential sitting there. But for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's a great opportunity to prove himself and continue to boost his value. Either San Francisco makes another playoff run like they did last year because Garoppolo is that perfect game manager that has all the weapons. They have Debo Samuel. They have George Kittle when he's healthy. They have a fantastic defense. The key is when they're healthy. They have all the pieces to really put it together. Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo, like I've said before in this segment, they have the rapport to make this work. So there's a lot of good you can take away from. Not many teams have this kind of situation where one quarterback's waiting and he can just as easily win a Super Bowl or compete for one as well as the starter can. That's a rare situation to find, and I think the San Francisco 49ers, looking back on it, are going to be very pleased that they made this decision. John Lynch is going to be very pleased that he made this decision to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. This is going to be a really great test to see how this works out, and I think teams, this was a weird year for quarterbacks too. Everyone felt like they had their solidified, so if Jimmy Garoppolo can have a great year, he might be that one of those top quarterbacks when he becomes a free agent in February or March, whenever the, the, the period ends for him. He could be one of the top quarterbacks on the market, still relatively young, could still play maybe two, three, four more years of great football, game manager football for a contender that just needs a quarterback that is going to take care of the football, can make good throws, not make terrible mistakes, good decisions. Garoppolo is not a bad option for a team. I still think he's, one, he's a top 16 quarterback in this league. He can make all the throws. He doesn't have to run with his legs, and this offense is tailored to a quarterback that can just game manage. I mean, he won this. He won the NFC Championship throwing the ball seven times, not because of he couldn't, but because they didn't need him to. And when he was called upon, he took him to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game. He took down Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in the snow and almost beat Matt Stafford in the L.A. Rams Super Bowl champs, who they have given problems in the regular season. So there's a lot of things. If you're a 49ers fan, you got to be hopeful that your gamble, you got to be excited that your gamble paid off. Sad about Lance and that prospect, but know you got a guy that's probably more 
NFL ready than the guy you had starting. It's bad, not a bad situation to be in. All right, so we're going to take another short break just because I need to get a glass of water and I need to sneeze <laughs> and blow my nose. Uh, we're going to talk about Buffalo and their dominance and why I think I have them shooting horned in for the Super Bowl and why Malik Willis may be the Tennessee Titans starter very soon. All right, this is Man with the Plan podcast taking a short break. So last night, there were two blowouts in the NFL. The Eagles, who are looking really, really good right now. Jalen Hurts is make, making significant progressions within his game. Primetime Kirk Cousins reared his ugly head once again, and the Eagles took care of business. But the one game that I was really paying attention to, one because my roommate is. So Jacob, if you're listening or watching this, I feel bad for your fantasy struggle last night because I was on your side. But Jalen Hurts could not get 40 points, which is it's a shame, but at least you got your guy for the for the uh, rest of the season. So I wouldn't be too worried about the loss um, for the Bills. Wow, uh, that's crazy. I think there's a lot of things you can take away from it. You can go, man, what a butt kicking man. What this man, what that. The, what what can I really say about Buffalo other than man, they they were great that Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He moved the ball well. This Buffalo team is gelling on every phase of the ball, creating turnovers on special teams, defense, moving the ball really efficiently on offense with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. James Cook is starting to find his own. It feels like the team is really coming together even better than they have in the last couple of years. This Buffalo team is scary. They took down the Super Bowl champs. They took on the number one seed in the AFC like it was nothing. They're like the Thanos, and not to be a Marvel nerd, but like the Thanos of – of the NFL right now, just blowing through people like it's nobody's business. Uh, it's the, it's the scene. I, I'm gonna go full nerd. It is the scene in Infinity War. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Thanos has all the stones, or he has five of the stones, and he's trying to get the last one. And everybody's trying to stop him, and he's just blowing through everybody like a piece of paper. That is Buffalo right now. He's just he's not even having to break a sweat trying to do it. So the rest of the NFL is in trouble there. But this is more about Tennessee. This is a weird situation. Before the NFL, before the uh, season started, I was just like, man, Tennessee is a one seed last year. Let's really examine that. It's Ryan Tannehill, and it's that defense. It's Mike Vrabel doing all he can as a coach. I just never really – Tennessee has been so underwhelming to me, especially with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. I always felt like it just was never really there. And I know that there was a lot of injuries on that team last year and that the Bengals just kind of came out of nowhere, but man, I still felt so overwhelmed. I know they didn't have Derrick Henry and they have him now and they're Owen two, And I think it might be time to can Ryan Tannehill. I, I think last year it was one touchdown, three picks. You're the number one seed in the AFC. You've got to find a made awake at work. You got Derrick Henry in company and you trade away AJ Brown and you get Traylon Burks who looks fine. I don't know if he's an AJ Brown Robert Woods, who's recovering from ACL. So they, they tried to retool this, this Tennessee Titans team. And in two games, they have just looked very, very underwhelming. Not a lot of, it's not a lot of things to really brag on them about. I, I just, I've never really been a Ryan Tannehill guy at quarterback. I thought he was like a lesser version of Jimmy Garoppolo, a game manager that still makes the same bad mistakes. And to be completely honest with you, I think it could be high time for Malik Willis to come in pretty soon. Let's say the Titans start 0-3. Let's say the Titans start 0-4. It may be time to just kind of see what Malik has. Ryan Tannehill's getting older. I believe he's 35, 36. 
starting to get to the tail end of his career. I know it was a close game at halftime. It was 17-7 to last night, and it could also just be that Tennessee ran into two great teams, and they just got their butts kicked in that sense. But, man, did Tennessee look incompetent last night. It may be high in time for Malik Willis. I, I would be excited to see it. He's not the quarterback I expected to start just because I believe Tennessee would still kind of figure it out within that 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 sense of the season. But, you know, it's – I just don't know, man. Tennessee has been so freaking underwhelming. It's a, it's a scary realization to have because I had a lot of – and like I just said, I have had a lot of reservations about this team. They lose to the Giants in week one. And the Giants are 2 0. They may be a really good football team, but the Giants, again, they're still, that's a, that's a developing, rebuilding team. Tannehill threw some interceptions in that game. And in this situation, they just looked outclassed. Maybe there just needs to be a spark. Maybe there needs to be something that's pushed because I believe Mike Bravel's a great NFL coach. What he did with that team last year was very impressive, despite the fact that they lost that divisional game. They've had some struggles in the playoffs. They had a home game against the Ravens in 2020. They lost that. They had a home game against the Bengals in 2021. They lost that. There just has been a lot of, besides that AFC championship run, there's been a lot of stock up and then your stock goes way down. And it just feels like there's no consistency or balance for this Tennessee team. They have always had a great defense, always had a great run game, but when it's all on Tannehill, it's not really able to get done. And I think there could be your spark with a very talented quarterback who's kind of like Trey Lance, who's a very much of a project, but has all the tools to potentially make it work with a guy like Mike Vrabel. So guys, thanks for listening to the man with the plan podcast episode 103. This has been my NFL week two recap with some just topics sprinkled in there. And you got to listen to me be a Marvel nerd for a couple seconds. So I hope you didn't cringe too hard about that. But thank you guys as always run YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, and wherever you're listening to your podcast. Thank you guys for 10,000 listeners. That's crazy. Here's to the next 10,000. Spread the word about the show. Leave a like, comment, or subscribe, like I just said. Keep spreading that word, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And take care.